We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Blue Wire. Welcome back. This is the Big Blue Banter, New York Giants football podcast. I'm Dan Schneier, joined as always my co-host Nick Bellato. And today we're lucky because we're joined by a, a person that I recently, at least, came into on Twitter. I would say maybe two years ago. Started loving his work on the draft, and then we connected a little bit just through replies. And finally, now I get the opportunity with Nick to talk draft with him. And that's Damian Parson of the Locked On NFL Draft Network and a scout and analyst for Draft Network, which I'm sure all of you are very well aware of. You can find him on Twitter at DP underscore NFL. I asked him before the show because we've talked a bunch on Twitter, but we haven't like talked like name wise. And I asked him a bunch. I mean, I'm sorry. I asked him before the show, like, what do you go by? Damien, Dame. And he said he has a nickname, DP. I can't do Damien because every time I do Damien, I just think about that DMX song, Snake, Rat, <laughs> Cat, Dog. How you going to see him if you're living in the fog? So I'm just going to go with Dame for this because I just that just comes to my head. So how are you doing today, my friend? I'm good. I'm good, man. Just fighting off a little bit of a bug, you know, from this past weekend. Not sure where it came from, but as long as it's the week before the draft and not the week of the draft, I'm good. But other than that, man, just finishing out this grind, bro. Just finishing out this grind. One more week, 10 days. Everything will be no more projections, nothing. It's just yeah. live reactions after that. Yep. All right, let's start this off fun. Let's let's start to do a little bit of a my guys kind of show. So I want to hear who some of your guys are in this draft class, Dame, and then we'll talk about if they maybe fit what the Giants want to do. Oh, man. Um, Josh Downs, wide receiver out of North Carolina. It's one of my favorite receivers in this entire class. I know a lot of people are big size enthusiasts. Uh, for me, it's all about building my receiver core like a basketball team. You know what I mean? I always say I can't. you can't win with five Shaquille O'Neal's. You can't win with five, jo- five Joel Embiid's. You need a point guard. You need a shooting guard. You need a slasher. You need guys that can do different things so they can complement each other well. And Josh Downs is one of those guys that could be a wide receiver two or three that could play in the slot. Incredible route runner. Outstanding patient, pace and patience uh, with his routes and understanding how to set guys up. You know what I mean? Especially if you want to play kind of that soft press, give them two yards of cushion. Like he's got this like really like really sick kind of walk release where he just kind of walks and skips up on you. But before you can get hands on, he breaks either upfield, left or right, and it's hard to get hands on him when he's able to do that. So again, and a guy that can I think he converted 13 out of his 18 
contested catch targets this year. So there's a 5'10 kid, jumps like 38, almost 40 inches, 4'4 four, four in the 40. Outstanding route runner. I, I love, you know, he's played with two different style quarterbacks, with Sam Howell in 2021 and then, you know, um, Drake May in 2022. I absolutely love this kid. Um, you know, of course, one, you know, one of my favorite prospects in this class is one of my blue chip guys is Jalen Carter from, um, you know, from Georgia. I know like all the kind of off field stuff that's been going on these past couple of months, but we, just from a tape perspective, evaluating that part, there, there isn't a better defensive lineman in this class. Like this kid has, I think my comp for him was Chris Jones. Um, you know, I saw the athleticism, the length, the power, and the crazy thing about it, he hasn't even peaked yet. You know what I mean? Being a first year starter for Georgia, uh, this past season, because Georgia had that him, Devonta, Trayvon, Jordan Davis, and all that. He was just part of that rotation in 2021, and then this year, um, it was his first year as a starter. So this young, there's so much meat left on the bone for him, so much room for growth. Uh, so he's one of my guys. I love Joe Tipman. Um, I know everybody like the the top center for most people is John Michael Smiths um, from Minnesota. But man, when I turn on the tape from the summer. I was high on Joe Tipman then watching him this seat this past season. He's one of my favorite prospects in the entire draft. 6'6, 315. And it's it's very rare that you see a 6'6 center anyway. It's not normal to see a guy that tall playing, having the, the flexibility to get down low and snap the ball. But it's the athleticism that really stands out. To be able to snap and get out as a puller in the power on the outside power game, toss sweeps and things like that, but also the screen game, right? Like he gets out in such a hurry and he plays. And when he's like that, when he's on the move, I feel bad for DBs because he's typically hunting them down on the second level to go ahead and create, create lanes for whoever has the ball. So those are some of the, some of my top guys, some of the, my favorite guys in this class. Yeah. And one reason why Joe Tipman is such a, interesting name for Giants fans is because the Giants ran such like a horizontally based rushing attack. Everything was to the outside. Let's get Saquon out into space. And Joe Tipman really fits that well. And God bless John Feliciano. Look, John Feliciano, he could move for an older like center who has been around the league a little bit. But I really think Joe Tipman, that's a great call in the sense that he can get out on the move and he can hunt down those defensive backs. But I kind of want to uh, focus on that wide receiver group because Josh Downs is somebody that Dan and I both love. But we, we see this draft class and we see how many of these smaller slot type of wide receivers there are outside of Josh Downs. How do you feel about those other smaller type of wide receivers, like the Tank Dells of the world? Even we can go into the first round to the Zay Flowers. Would you, would you think about spending a first round pick on one of those smaller type of guys, like a Zay Flowers at the back end, like where the Giants are? Or do you think there's just a lot of value a little bit later on, on day, maybe even early day three and into day two with the Tank Dells of the world? Zay Flowers, <clears throat> excuse me, is the one that I would definitely spend a, a back end of the first round pick on because I think he can play outside as well. Um, he mm-hmm. played mostly outside for Boston College, albeit a lot of reduced splits, kind of nasty reduced alignments, but I think he could fit that. You, just a dynamic kid. He added weight, so you see that he's able to carry it and carry it well. And it was, you know, it wasn't the Bryce Young weight where we can't see what you actually look like because you got a sweater on. It's the no, I got pictures flexing my, with no shirt on, and I looked, you know, you know, really rocked up. And I just like this. This young man has an incredible story. I believe he's the fourth youngest, I think, of fourteen or fifteen kids. It's like first time putting on full pads. He was like four years old. So football, he he loves the game. He's very tough and physical, even though he's what five nine five nine five ten one eighty. But like the explosiveness, the 
the dynamic ability. They run after catch. And when you have a quarterback like a Daniel Jones, you want to give him guys that not only can win as route runners, but win with the ball in their hands. What can you do for me after the catch? And he can do a lot. You know what I mean? He's got he's got that kind of punt returner mentality in, in, in open field where he can know how to read and cut and make guys miss over and over again. So he's if if, if you're gonna if I'm gonna draft any of these kind of smaller receivers um, in the back end of the first round, it's gonna be uh, Zay Flowers. But I do love Tank Dell on day two. Like similar to Josh Downs, I remember writing down I was watching him. He's play he plays basketball on grass. Like this young man knows how to really win and win quick, and you love that. And he's he's actually a punt returner. So I think yeah. he had a touchdown this past season. Um, you know, returning a punt. He, I think he took it back for six. But you see the ability, similar to Zay Flowers, to after the catch, make guys miss. Just sudden, just explosive and sudden. Be able to stop on the dime, change directions, and then re and gear back up to get from zero to, to go from. And he has great breaks. So I always use like different analogies. So it's like a car being able to go from you know, zero to, to kick it into gear from zero to 60, but also then the decline from 60 to zero, then gear back up from zero to hmm. 60 again. And Tank Dell does that so well and it's like it wasn't even just at the senior bowl i know a lot of people was like oh man maybe he was a senior bowl stud no you turn the tape and you see guys like back off of this kid like they're giving them six seven yards of cushion and he knows exactly where he wants to go he knows it's like a shooter in basketball i know where my spots are i know where i want to how to i know i need to get to my spot now how do i operate to get to that spot and he does a great job of that so he's one of those guys Jaden reed um, from Michigan State, who I really, really like on day two as well. A guy that I think can play some outside as well, play outside and inside. Um, I think he's a little bit bigger than Tank and, and Zay. But route runner, ball you know, ball skills. He's got that dog mentality to him as well where, you know, he catches passes over you. He's going to talk his talk. He's going to draw it, guys. You love that type of attitude, you know, on the football field because it, it brings energy to the team. So I think all of those guys could be in play. Like I said, Zay is the only first round guy out of those out of that group, even with Josh Downs. But like day two, you know, round two and three, I think you could find some good value there. And it'll be interesting because the guys we just talked about at wide receiver Tank Dell and Josh Downs, those are two players who I, th- I it, it's weird with with Dell because you watch Dell and you're like, actually, maybe he can play outside the NFL level team. Right. Like, I guess he's not big enough, but he looks kind of amazing when he's running outside with downs. I do feel like he's probably best fit in the slot, the NFL level, which is interesting for the Giants in their scenario after just drafting Wondell Robinson and resigning all these players. So my, I love both those guys tapes. So I like both those calls. My one not issue, but I guess concern with downs is just that Phil Longo system. I feel like it created a lot of easy opportunities for him uh, in the passing game. And it's, in my opinion, one of the best systems in college football. And we'll see, you know, obviously you have a few other great ones over there with Tennessee and Hypo, but so that's my one concern there. I do like the really like the call on Titman though, because not only is he your favorite center prospect in this class, I think he's perfectly fit for what the Giants want to do. They want to get these guys out in space so they can block for Saquon Barkley on power and gap concepts. And it's not even just in the running game. There's so many examples last season where the Giants threw around the line of scrimmage. And that's going to happen even more if Wondell Robinson comes back healthy or if they draft, like you said, a Tank Dell or a Josh Down. So I really like all of those calls. I want to get a prospect in this class you think could surprise some people and go on day one and is right now being mocked or projected as a day two guy. And then I want to talk about maybe if he fits the Giants. Man, I think it's a couple guys you can really look at. And I would say probably Keon White. 
um, you know, the, the edge rusher out of um, Georgia Tech, you know, former uh, tight end over at Old Dominion. He came in as a tight end, and, and you can see the athleticism when you watch him. And, um, like, when you just turn the table and you see a young man that has so many tools, he's still new to the position, so he's learning how to use them. And the one thing about him is, like, being at the Senior Bowl, you know, being on the sideline and being close to, to what's, what was going on, he's extremely coachable, too. Like, you know what I mean? I, and those are the things you really love about – prospects who are kind of raw it's like okay yes you have a higher ceiling than the safer prospects but are you coachable to where i could get you to that ceiling and keon white's one of those guys you absolutely can coach to a ceiling and i remember watching some exchanges with him when he thought he did a drill correctly and the coach was like getting on him he's like nope that, that wasn't right you need to go back through it and you know he was like well you know just just show me what i did wrong i i, don't, I thought i did it right and it's like just him being humble you know, as a player and as a young young man, say, okay, coach, show me what I did, what I didn't do right, so I can correct it. And he showed it because they were working on, you know, defeating reach blocks and getting your feet set and your hips square and things like that, and turning and torquing guys to 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 close gaps. And um, you know, next thing you know, like the next rep, he he killed it, and coach was happy with him, gave him a big pat on the helmet and stuff like that. So you see that, and then in the run game when they put him on the edge, you see a young man that's extremely physically gifted. Um, he's like I say, he's just really kind of raw in terms of his uh, hand techniques and counters. But uh, you know, with you guys, you have Kayvon and Aziz. Um, you know, you don't actually need an edge, like a starting edge. But when you think about his, also his ability to kick down as a three tech. You know, what I mean, and either stand up over guards or, or rush from inside as well. Kayvon can do the same thing. I think Aziz probably can too, because they're all strong enough to handle that work inside. Um, you know, he he would be an interesting pick if they were to get him. But a guy that I've marked mostly in the second round, I think he's got a strong chance to go towards the back end of the first. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Yeah, Keon White, somebody that... I watched a, a solid amount of tape on White, and I agree the hand usage and and the fact that he's 24 years old. It, I don't want to say I'm sour. I'm a little sour on it at 25. A trade down situation, I think I'm right there, and I, I can entertain that. It depends on who else is available at the edge group, and I do think the Giants could entertain edge just because it's yeah. Kayvon and then Aziz was hurt all last season, and then the Giants were bringing in like Timon Fox and and players who were like undrafted. And they also have Jahad Ward, who they brought back, and that's kind of the role if the Giants were to go in this direction. I feel like a, a white would be a would be a just plug and play replacement for Jihad Ward when Jihad Ward yeah. isn't there. 
because he is athletic enough to drop to the boundary if you want to use him in that way, right? Like maybe not to the field side too often, but you drop him to the boundary, he can handle that responsibility. But moving on to, I would say, day two sleepers, I think is where we could take this conversation now because we're not even 100% certain the Giants are going to have a pick in the first round. Like I could see the Giants <laughs> trading out with a lot of their players. Like I, Joe Shane last year in the second round, he traded back twice until he settled on Wondell Robinson. So I think if the Giants don't value somebody at 25 and they say if they like a, a center or somebody else, they feel like they can get a little later, I wouldn't be shocked if they traded out of the first round. So who are some of your favorite values or sleepers that might be available there in round two heading into round three? Oh, man, especially round two. Sam Laporta, tight end out of Iowa. I absolutely love Sam Laporta. You know, yeah. a guy that, that he reminds me so much of Mark Andrews from the Baltimore Ravens. Um, he can block. He can play in line. But you also could put him out wide. You know, the, the, the tape versus Illinois, him versus Sidney Brown, was one of the funnest battles that I, that I watched, yeah. you know, this entire draft cycle. But those are just two studs going at it. And you see him, he, he runs good routes. Um <clears throat> excuse me, um, out of the slot. But what I love about him is the fluidity to go from catch to run, to catch the run phase, you know, and, and gives you yards after the catch. And that's why, honestly, I'm actually higher on him than someone, you know, like a Michael Mayer, because I don't, you're not going to get a ton of yards after the catch with Michael Mayer due to his lack of athleticism. Um, and with, with Sam Laporte, he's a good athlete. He's quick in and out of breaks. And like I said, what he can do after the catch. Uh, Jonathan Mingo is one of my one of my uh, day two sleepers. The wide receiver by the Ole Miss, 6'4", 220, 4'4", kid, explosive. Uh, Lane Kiffin's offense doesn't always, like, really prepare a lot of guys in terms of route concepts and technique for the NFL. But when you look at him, he's a big ball of clay. They moved him around all over the field. Like, he played a lot of in the backfield, up at some H, uh, H-back tight end and on the line at tight end, in the slot, out wide. He moved everywhere. For me, it's like, okay – I love that flexibility, but if I'm drafting him, I'm putting him. I'm, I'm getting him geared to play X. He's got the, the everything to play X. Now you just got to get him to that consistency level and the route concepts that you want to run with him to get him there. Um, you know, I also really I'm 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 high on, I'm higher on Osiris Torrance than I thought I was going to be. I spent some time with him at the Senior Bowl. Uh, you know what? You know, talk to him about you know dropping weight and everything, and he was very cognizant and self-aware that he was he played a little too heavy, um, in, in during the season, the uh, interior offensive line um, lineman from Florida, and just watching down at the Senior Bowl, quick feet, lateral agility, be able to mirror and match guys, pass off twists and stunts, but he's extremely strong and physical, and like I said, just he's kind of a, a not even a gentle giant, he's just like a really cool kid off the field. Me and played some Madden together. I'm not gonna say who won and lost that matchup, <laughs> but um, you know some people get a little get a little aggressive when they shouldn't be, and, um, and it came back to bite them. But um, you know it's neither here nor there. But uh, but he's just a great kid, you know what I mean? Like he's just a really smart young man that that, that plays the game well and he understands what needs to be done um, to for his long term success. And I, I actually really like uh, love actually Keanu Benton, the uh, D tackle mm. from Wisconsin. Um, you know, Wisconsin one of the teams that were my bucket, so I'm high, I'm high on their trench players, him and Joe Tipman. And with him, former wrestler in high school, and you see that ability to to anchor in the run game, handle double teams, corkscrew, and fight through. And but he's also more of a unlike a I think like the difference between him and like a Mozzie Smith from Michigan is that he's more of a penetration style defensive tackle. He gets up field. It's not so much hey, just like we saw Jordan Davis and different guys from Georgia where they were told. Oh, 
hold the gap, right? Contain the gaps. He's more so, hey, get upfield, create that upfield penetration and make things happen. And he does a good job of that. And I know that, you know, defensive tackles um, or defensive line has been kind of a, a talk around the Giants from different people I've talked to. And it was like, yeah, they could use some depth there and everything. And I'm like, Listen, if you're able to pull, put this kid on the field with a Dexter Lawrence and Leonard Williams, you're not too many people are going to run the ball. And I can guarantee you that. Yeah, I love that. I, I know we only have a few more minutes. We want to be cognizant of your time. But and there's a couple more questions I want to get to. But now that you did mention that Wisconsin was in your bucket this year. And obviously, for those who listen to the show, they know I'm a Wisconsin grad. So I love my Badgers. I want to get one your thoughts on one more player from Wisconsin before we move forward. Um, just an interesting player. And I'm kind of figuring out where you know where to slot him in not only from a position standpoint at the next level but like where you think he's worth investing in this draft because i think his film is great it's backed up by the numbers but it's a matter of projection and that's herbig the outside linebacker nick herbig from wisconsin maybe inside linebacker maybe outside linebacker what are your thoughts on herbig i love herbig man i just I just wish he was 240 <laughs> you know what i mean if he was 240 i'm like yeah he's a he's a day he's a day one starter on the edge probably has some of the best handwork out of all the edges in this class like extremely nuanced really quick he rushes with a plan and i always when i'm watching edge rushes i want to know what you're i want to see the body language of what you when you get to that second to third step of your rush the apex of your rush what are you is it do you, you could tell guys who are thinking they're just throwing different moves at guys. They don't really know what they're going to do until they get to that step. But Nick Herbig is a very studious young man where you could tell by the second or third step, he knows exactly what he's about to throw at the tackle, whether it's an inside move, outside move, dip and rip. You know, I, I love him. I do think he's probably going to be a stack back. He could probably play. Some, he's, I think he's athletic enough to play some stack backer and drop off into coverage like weak side stack backer. Um, but I, I would not be surprised if a team, a three, four base team would be willing to play him as three, four outside linebacker. Cause he does, he does hold up at, at the, uh, at the point of attack in the run game. He does show that functional strength and that play strength to be able to anchor handle tight ends well on the strong side and, and really, you know, flashes colors and collapse the edge and set what we call hard edges. So I think he does a good job of that. It's just, the weight is the main thing. And I think at the combine, if I remember correctly, I think he was up to like 230, maybe 240 or something like that. If he can hold, if he can get up to that weight and hold it, I feel good about him, you know what I mean, increasing his snaps and not just being a DPR, you know what I mean, at the next level where he's more of a specialist. But I, I really like his game, man. Just wish he was consistently 240, 245. Yeah, I'm trying to find the combine look right now, but I'm uh, how much he was. 240, 6'2", okay. with less than 32-inch arms. Right. Then the thing that was shocking to me was the one six ten yard which isn't terrible, but when you watch the film, it does seem like yeah, he's, he's much more explosive. Right? He's much yeah. more explosive. The, the arm length is definitely going to, like, keep him from playing probably all three downs for sure. Like, when you have sub-32s, it's, it's hard because your punch timing and, and the way that you attack – this is, I always compare like the trenches to like boxing because uh, I grew up boxing and it's very, you know, it's very similar to being, have, you know, being disadvantaged in terms of the reach. So shorter arm guys, typically the, the phrase I'm, I'm, I'm a shorter arm guy myself, you know what I mean? So the yeah. phrase is you got to take some to give some, right? Like you're going to take a couple jabs and work your way into the body to where you can break down the bigger, the longer arm guys, but it's like so hard to do 
because when you got these NFL tackles who know how to throw that that long arm jab and, and connect, it's just you know they can they can hold you at bay. Right. And it's like that's where that arm length for for those who don't. A lot of people don't know you know how much arm length actually factors in, uh, and that's kind of why like you know just being able to be effective with your punches and to win quickly. You know what I mean? You know. So it's because at the end of the day, the game is about winning and winning as quick as possible to get into the backfield, especially you're going up against the Jalen Hurts, the Mahomes, uh, you know, Josh Allens. You want to be able to collapse the pocket before they can feel you collapsing the pocket. That's a great point. I think you see that with the NFL. You look at some of the, you know, Nick and I always talk about how big, how many outliers are in this draft class. It's such an outlier class. But you can tell that, like, if you look at just overall in the past 20 years, I think I saw a stat in this. I don't have it in front of me now. Of how few how few of those outliers that tackle, an offensive tackle, the, the arm length outliers have actually worked out. And it's a really short list as far as why. And you can see why teams are so focused with that one position tackles on arm length. And I think that goes for the edge position as well. It's why there is definitely some concern with a player like Herbig. All right, all right, Dame. Let's let's do a couple more. I want to hear uh, Nick just ask you about day two sleeper. Do you have any day three sleepers we should keep our eye on? Uh, Carrington Valentine, cornerback out of Kentucky, um, young man with an interesting story. Like pretty much all the way through high school, he was a receiver, um, and he didn't play corner until his senior year of high school. So he's only played corner full time for like maybe three years. Uh, so it's like it's so much like growth for him in terms of technique and he's he's super physical if you turn on the kentucky, the kentucky versus tennessee tape and you're going to see him lined up a lot against cedric tillman from tennessee who's 200 plus 210 15 plus pounds and this kid does not back down at all and, and you love the aggressiveness the feistiness um he's got to be a little i call you the controlled aggression uh just kind of control it because he'll get like real jam happy and lunge and use the two hand jam and, and and when it lands it lands he lands with with power but you know that in the NFL guys are so quick and so quick twitch to where they can quickly swim and double arm swipe you and then now now they're vertical and you're like out of the picture so but he's a high end athlete I think they say he ran a four oh one um little short shuttle at his comp at his uh pro day so he's extremely uh explosive fast he's got the downhill speed so now it's all about teaching him just the more nuanced aspects of playing corner but this is a young man i think has a high ceiling um like i said it may take some time to get him there but i I really like you know what he brings to the table clemson edge rusher uh kj henry is a guy i really like doesn't have the sack production which is it's frustrating because when you see him in person he looks every bit of the part like this this young man looks every bit of the part you know he plays with physicality he's got good bursts off the line of scrimmage um it's just really don't know why the consistency wasn't there for him for him to like be a closer right like not just win on the first couple steps but get in the backfield and close on the deal and, and everything so it's just like really frustrating with him but he's a guy i think will be like a fourth round pick that you look at and you're like you know what this is a guy that i'm comfortable taking here trusting in, in the development with him and just seeing what you can get out of him. He may be more of a, you know, just a rotational guy, uh, or he may be somebody that plays, I think he could play kind of three, four outside linebacker. He's used to standing up for, um, for uh, uh, Clemson's defense. Uh, so that's not a problem. I like D winters also from TCU, the linebacker and you turn on that Michigan tape. And I, you know, I remember the quote from JJ McCarthy is like, we're going to bring the big 10 to the big 12 and run the football. Well, D 
defense was a big part of why that did that plan didn't work out. You know what I mean? The playing the three three five, your linebackers have to be willing to trigger, and, and they cannot be late. They cannot be afraid to get dirty. And he had no problem doing that. Trigger downhill. They stood up on the edge, and he would kind of handle the slice action and get in the backfield pressure the quarterback, but he's also showed the ability to drop off in coverage as well. I think he's going to be more of a, a weak side backer, but he could play some strong, in my opinion, in terms of if you're like an even front, you walk him up on the line of scrimmage, head up to the tight ends um, in the run game. But this is a young man that played – like that was the game that really kind of like stood out to me the most. I was just like – because I know like Big Big 12, they don't run the ball as heavy as like SEC and, and big in the Big 10. So knowing that – they want to run Donovan Edwards downhill. They want to get those big physical uh, offensive linemen uphill, um, you know, to, to to get to the linebackers. And he did a great job triggering, filling the run lanes, you know, just slicing through, shooting gaps, being physical. I think for me, he was probably the tone setter for that defense because if you don't, if he doesn't play the way he played, that run game probably runs wild on them. They had like a big run early, and that was really it afterwards. There was just nothing left. Uh, you know, outside of um, like outside of that big run, um, I like Wanya Morris, the tackle from um, Oklahoma, as well as a day three guy. Really toolsy. He was a five star kid, and there's a reason he was a five. He's extremely athletic. You know, the kid that looks really good, but he's technically he's all over the place. So it's like he's one of those guys that you, uh, similar to you know, like like you, like fantasy drafts, where you like stash a guy. You know, you're in one of those dynasty leagues. Like, yeah. He's not playing right now. I'm keeping him for like two, three years on the yeah. line. That's why when I look at Wanya Morris, and he actually surprised me down in um in Mobile. He handled the edge rushers a lot better than I expected him to. Um, so like for me, it's just like you know I look at him as a, a day three guy, fourth round, a team that if you like you think about teams that have like they're good at tackle, but like maybe there's somebody's coming up on the contract in two years or someone that's probably going to retire in the next two to three years. You get the one year more as you get him into your locker room. You work on the technical aspects of it because he's strong enough. He's athletic enough. I think his arm length is good enough as well. Young man that can really can really play. You just got to get him there um, to, to really see what you can get out of him. And one of my favorite guys that no one really talks about, I tweeted about him a couple weeks ago, was uh, Antonio Maffi, the guard mm-hmm. from UCLA. So physical, like he's a former defensive tackle. So, like you see it, you know, playing that guard, and he was a big, big reason for that Zach Charbonnet led running offense to be as potent as it was. He moves people, man, and, and like uh, if you remember the big the rep, uh, Quentin Nelson when he was at Notre Dame, where he's uncovered, he's like kind of searching, looking for work. He sees a free runner, and he just like lays him out. Antonio Maffi has a rep like that as well this past season where he's just kind of, you know, he works as a bumper, but he's scanning just looking for somebody to block, and he sees, I think it was a DB that came out of nowhere and tried to enter through the A-gap, and he just, like, leveled him. And I was just like, but you see the athleticism to get out in the pulling game, but that physicality he plays with, the guy has has to continue to work on, like, his pad level. He can get a little high sometimes um, and things like that to continue to protect his chest and, and keep good leverage so he's not losing ground. But he's so strong, so physical. And I think this is a guy that I honestly would take late day two, like third round. But I think he'll probably be somebody you see fourth round that teams, especially gap gap scheme type of offenses that will absolutely love this kid. Love it, Dame. That was a lot of great content there with a lot of good day three sleepers that we're going to keep our eye on now. Let's close out the show there because I think that was a lot of good stuff. But I want to do one more fun thing with you yeah. if, you'll, if, you'll, if you're willing to do it. Lately, we've been closing out shows by grading 
and analyzing our listeners' mock drafts. Today, we'll do something different. Nick and I won't grade it. Right, you know, we can all grade it, actually. We'll all do our grades on this. All right. But I'm going to read you a mock draft for the Giants, and you're going to tell me your grade on it and your analysis. You can talk about specific players or just overall how the draft went, if you're good with gotcha. that. Let's do it. All right, let's do it. This is from Guy 515 uh, He's been listening for a while. I've talked with Brian a bunch on Twitter, so thanks, Brian, for supporting the show. His mock draft that starts with a trade back with the Eagles of all teams, which I don't know how possible that is, but maybe it'll happen. I mean, we've seen crazier things. They go, they move with the trade back to uh, to the 30th pick in round one. Then they end up having 62 uh, and 148 out of that. Then they do another trade back with the Browns in the fourth round for 141, 90 and a seventh round pick next year. So here are the final players and picks after the trades. At 30, they take Nolan Smith, who somehow found, found a way to fall all the way to 30. Uh, I like that. 57 is Clark Phillips, the DB out of Stanford. 62 is a player who I've seen you love, and I don't want to spoil it since we're doing a My Guy show next week, but he's like my number one My Guy, and it's Dayon Henley, the linebacker out of Washington State. 89, Devin A-Chain. 140, Byron Young. 160, a player whose name I will never be able to pronounce during this process. I barely don't even, I don't even really like to try. Um, it's the kid out of, out of Michigan, the center. Uh, I just don't. Oh, even, yes. I just, I just can't do it. I'm just not going <laughs> to do it. And then finally at 172, Clayton Toon, the quarterback out of Houston. What are your mm. thoughts on this? Man, I give that an A minus, bro. That's a really good draft. Like to get Nolan Smith, you know, like, yeah, it's not a true position of need, like in the first round to get another edge like that. But like, you know, you know, like Nick talked about with, the issues with Aziz and the injuries, having a juiced up Nolan Smith that you can just, he could play all three downs if you want, but to be able to bring him on the field, I think that just gives you so much flexibility in terms of Wink Martindale and his, and his uh, pressure packages. I would absolutely love to see that. Like that type of athlete with Kayvon and Aziz. Oh man. I love the Clark Phillips ball skills. He's got that dog to him. A uh, guy that's really sticky in coverage as well and, and, and like i said the instincts and coverage is really impressive with that with, with that guy you said byron young which byron young alabama or tennessee i think it's right. a tennis yeah i don't it's know oh actually i don't know it could be i don't well, really know I'm at 140 like, <laughs> if he, he double dipped that edge like you get tennessee's byron young like that's man like you can probably kick nick you could probably kick um Aziz and Kate and uh KT, you know, Kayvon down at inside and rush Nolan and Byron off the edges. And you have this of NASCAR package of just yeah. all like edge rushers. That would be insane. Um, I like the Oluwatimi pick at center, you know, a guy that, that moves well, good zone blocker, can reach well. Some functional strength issues for me in like the lower half. I feel like upper body, he's really he's strong, but it's more so like the lower body at times. I've seen him kind of give up way too much ground. Not always sustain blocks for the longest period of time that you you would like to see. Um, and what was some of the other picks? Oh, sure. We got Dan Henley at sixty two. That was the pick. That's yeah. the pick. That I love that one. That too, that's man. the one that put it over the top. Putting you know Henley on the second level of this defensive front man. Like I and I, I comped him. He's not as explosive as this guy, but their play, the way he plays, is so similar to Ryan Shazier to me. Like um, that. a guy that's like super, super explosive and athletic, but just plays. They play downhill. They drop off in coverage. You can rush him through the a gap as a yeah. blitzer and everything. You know, I just I remember watching him down in Mobile. You know, one on one reps versus running backs and pass protection. And I don't. I think he may have gotten blocked once the entire week. Like it was so hard for those guys to block him and Ivan Pace. Uh, they they play so physical 
especially for him because he's a former, I think, quarterback, wide receiver, I think, and he plays some safety. This young man is like, I would love for the Giants second second level oh. to have Henley, um, you know, behind Dexter and you know Kayvon. But that's that's a that's a really good pick. I like that pick completely. His tape against USC is what sold me yes. on him. Um, that was the first game I watched, and I, I just it. You could tell me if this is crazy, but it wouldn't surprise me at all if he's the best linebacker in this class. I, I think I, 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 he's my linebacker one in this class. He's well, I don't want to give it all away for my mic. I should he's the guy I'd bet on over any of these linebackers. Um A Chain's also an interesting pick in this. I, I like that love, pick too. Like A Chain is no one really don't we haven't talked about him much, Nick and I, but he it, He's the one guy you can draft at this position that immediately now you have more speed on the field than you ever had as a team. And you have more speed than a lot of NFL teams if you put right. AJ and chain on your offense. So that's like something you can't replicate. So, Nick, what's your grade for this? And then I'll give mine and then we'll let Dame get out of here. Yeah, I'm going to go with a – I think A- minus is good. I mean, Nolan Smith at 30 is just an absolute home run. I like Clark Phillips. People – kind of deem him as a zone corner, but like I watched him play man and he can play man yeah. coverage. He might be better in zone just because he's so damn good at anticipating routes and then jumping the routes, which he did quite often. Now the missed tackles, that was a little bit of an issue. I think he had like a 20, it was like wild, like a wild amount of missed tackles. I was like, holy shit. But like Dame said, like, physical, bro. Like it's not because he's tentative. It's not because he's a bitch. Like he'll stick his nose into you, which I appreciate. So him at 57, I feel like is a solid pick. He'll definitely upgrade over Darnay Holmes, Henley. You guys already talked about A-Chain. I like that. Look, speed. I think there are other speed type of running backs. I don't think A-Chain is the most complete running back, but he is going to offer something completely different to an offense that ranked, as we say all the time, dead last in explosive plays last year. So he will rectify that situation. And then Olubatimi, I, I also enjoy at 160 because I think that's a value. He has the potential to be a starting center. And when you're talking about drafting somebody at 25 and then 160, yeah, Olubatimi might not be as good as Tipman or JMS, but I'm fine with that at 160. And then Tune is a fine developmental quarterback who I feel like has a lot of traits and tools. Yeah, I like that analysis from both of you guys. I'm also going to go with an A minus, just slightly below to A or A plus. Nolan Smith at 30 would be just BPA by far for me there. I think right. he's one of the 15, 20 best prospects in this class. Yeah, you could even argue for me even even better than that, honestly. I don't love the top of this class. Clark Phillips is interesting. I like that he'd be offering ball skills for the Giants. I think the missed tackle rate Nick talked about is concerning. I also just feel like he's just going to be a slot-only type player at the NFL level. We'll see if I'm wrong about that. And that's fine because like I've always made the case. Slot corners are now starters in the NFL. If you yes. get a really good start corner, that's more important than a lot of things. Obviously, we talked about Henley. We talked about A-Chain. Tune is the interesting one to me at the back end because uh, I do like his traits. I watched a little bit of him just watching Tank Dell. And then I just look at the combine numbers. I'm like, this dude, it almost the only weird thing about Tune is I feel like he tested way more athletically as a than he actually looks as a runner, which for whatever reason, like, for example, like when I watched Daniel Jones at Duke, this dude was like pulling zone reads and running for like 70 yards against North Carolina on one play for a touchdown. I don't really see that on Tune's film, no. um, at least not the games I've seen. So, but he tested like better athlete than Jones. So I just found that weird um, and a bit odd, but Definitely an interesting prospect with developmental tools. All right, Dame, let's let's get out. Let's let you get out of here now. You've already given us a lot more time than than we prom than you promised. So before you get out of here, man, this was an incredible discussion. Let's let everyone know where they can find all of your work again. Of course, follow me on Twitter, DP underscore NFL. <clears throat> I am the co-host of the Locked On NFL Draft podcast with my guy Keith Sanchez, who is a former uh, coach for the 2019 champion LSU Tigers. 
so many stories of Jamar Chase and Stingley and Burrow and and Justin Jefferson that I've got I pulled out of him, man. So uh, you know, definitely follow him on, on Twitter as well at the talent code at the talent code. Um, and of course the draft network. So those are the places you can find me. Tap into the podcast five days a week, Monday through Friday. Yeah, and you can find that on YouTube as well, everyone. So I would mm-hmm. definitely suggest checking that out if you like watching rather than listening. All right. Thanks again, Dame, and for everyone else listening, have a great rest of your week and we'll talk to you soon. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.